You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. New hires on the LSU coaching staff and a potential big hire coming for Auburn. We'll discuss it all as we go around the conference and we'll catch up with our buddy Carter Bryant. He's been covering the SEC for a long time. We'll get his thoughts on a number of topics, including Devontae Smith winning the Heisman and the new hires across the SEC, including Brian Harson and others. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. You get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. All right, let's jump right into it, folks. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. What a catch! Around the conference. Over at LSU, they announced yesterday the hiring of their new offensive coordinator and passing game coordinator after Steve's, Steve Ensminger stepped down from the OC spot and the Tigers parted ways with Scott Linehan. And they found their new hires from a familiar source. Both their new guys came highly recommended by last year's passing game coordinator, Joe Brady, who helped revitalize LSU's offense under Joe, or with Joe Burrow. Jake Peets comes over from the Carolina Panthers. He will be the new LSU offensive coordinator, while DJ Mangus, also with Joe Brady and company with the Panthers, he will be LSU's passing game coordinator. Peets has 10 years of NFL experience, while Mangus Worked alongside Joe Brady at LSU back in 2019. So we'll see. Look, LSU trying to bring back the magic of what they had two years ago with that offense. We'll see if Peets and Mangus follow in the footsteps of what Joe Brady brought to LSU. And meanwhile, on the defensive side of things, LSU continues to search for its next defensive coordinator after parting ways with Bo Pelini. And one guy they really want to bring on is Cincinnati defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman. He is in town. He will interview for the position today. However, Notre Dame is now making a push for Freeman after losing their D.C. Clark Lee, who took over as the head coach at Vanderbilt. Over at Auburn, Football Scoop is reporting that former Vanderbilt head coach Derek Mason is expected to become defensive coordinator for Brian Harson's new staff at Auburn. They say a pending final authorization. The hire is expected to be completed this week. Derek Mason was let go from Vandy back in late November after seven seasons in Nashville where he went 27-55. But prior to that, Mason, a very well-respected defensive coordinator over at Stanford. Brian Harson will be hoping he returns back to being a really good dominant D.C. Now, Football Scoop also is reporting that Harson has been eyeing South Carolina offensive coordinator Mike Bobo to come over to Auburn to be his new OC for the Tigers. Though Shane Beamer retained Bobo after taking over the Gamecocks this offseason just a few days ago. In fact, Bobo got a new two-year deal with South Carolina worth $1.2 million. It may be something worth monitoring as they say Harson is still trying to sway Bobo over to the Plains. And one more Auburn note, former Boise State co-defensive coordinator and D-line coach Spencer Danielson is expected to be a part of Harson's staff at Auburn. One could likely assume he would be the D-line coach for the Tigers. A bit of good news for Auburn. Their all-SEC safety Smoke Monday announced he is returning to school for his senior season. He had 
73 tackles and two INTs this past season. Alabama may be looking for a new offensive line coach as Kyle Flood is expected to take the same position on Steve Sarkeesian's staff over with the Texas Longhorns. They say that Flood could even be named the OC to Sark, although Sark will still call plays as the coach over at Texas. Georgia safety Richard LeCount, he tweeted out a big thank you to Bulldog fans yesterday on his social media as he officially announced he's leaving for the NFL draft. Over at Ole Miss, good news for them as linebacker Momo Sonogo announced he's coming back for another year for the Rebels. He's arguably their best defensive player. In addition, Ole Miss punter Mac Brown also tweeted he is not done yet and he will return for another year. A couple of names of guys entering the transfer portal yesterday. Florida linebacker James Houston. He had 37 tackles last season. Mississippi State running back Lee Witherspoon. He started the Auburn game. Uh, South Carolina tight end Keyshawn Tony and Kentucky quarterback Nick Scalzo. All those guys entering the transfer portal. And former South Carolina quarterback Jake Bentley, he has announced where he is transferring. He is heading to South Alabama. So some good news there for their new head coach, Kane Womack, down there in Mobile. We'll get the former Gamecock, Jake Bentley. Florida, they got a big boost yesterday as they found out they're getting a big-time transfer and defensive tackle Antonio Shelton. Shelton comes over from Penn State where he played the last four years, accounted for 51 tackles and six sacks. He will be a grad transfer with one year left to play, so he'll be immediately eligible, and that is big for the Florida defense. I was really missing some of that big presence on that D-line, or at least the interior of the D-line this year. Shelton should plug in immediately. Alabama, they continue to prepare for Ohio State in the national title game. Speaking with the media yesterday, Steve Sarkeesian confirmed a dynamic return man and wide receiver Jalen Waddell was back at practice with the team, and they said, They'll have to wait and see if he'll be able to go in Monday night's game, but that would be huge if the Tide get Jalen Waddle back. Over in hoops, LSU, they got it out a 94-92 overtime win versus Georgia last night. LSU battled back from down double digits in the final seconds of the game. Georgia's Justin Kyer missed a tough contested layup, and LSU hung on to win. Kyer had 25 points for LSU, while Javante Smart had 21 for LSU. Georgia falls to 0-2 in the SEC, 7-2 overall, while LSU improves to 2-1 in the conference, 7-2 overall. Tennessee, they had a thrilling game of their own, holding off Arkansas to win 79-74. The Vols were led by John Fulkerson, who had 16 points, 8 rebounds, and number 9-ranked Tennessee improves to 8-1 on the year, 2-1 in the SEC. Arkansas, they fall to 9-2 overall, 1-2 in the conference. Ole Miss, they beat up on Auburn last night, 72-61. Romello White and Luis Rodriguez each had 12 points for Ole Miss as they made just seven three-pointers in the game, but the Rebs had 11 steals and four 16 Auburn turnovers. Ole Miss picked up their first conference win to go to 1-1, 6-3 and overall, while Auburn falls to 6-5, 0-3, winless in the conference. Rounding out the night, South Carolina, they took care of Texas A&M, 78-54, to get their first SEC win. It was their first SEC game of the season. AM they fall to 1-2 in the conference. A.J. Lawson, he had 30 points for the Gamecocks. And there you have it. That is around the conference. When we come back, we're going to talk all things SEC with our buddy Carter Bryant. 
Hey guys, college football season has ended and we are heading into a big weekend of NFL matchups. Wild card weekend, three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. We got the national championship game on Monday and there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. That is betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for your 50% welcome bonus. Tons to get into, tons to check out. I'm looking at that line right now. It's been moving a little bit of betonline.ag for Monday night between Alabama and Ohio State, but you can make a wager on it right now. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We're along here, locked on SEC. Hey guys, 2020 is mercifully over. It is time for a fresh start and a few more W's. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Join us now to talk all things SEC is one of my favorites, longtime friend, been covering the SEC from all different angles and perspectives, our buddy Carter Bryant. You can check out his stuff, carterthepower.com, or just search Carter Bryant on YouTube. You'll find all his stuff out there. Carter, we got so much to get into, man. Uh, I don't even know where, where to start with you. Man, dude, here's the thing. I got to subscribe to that Locked On Bets podcast because... You know, I like we said, this is a recurring thing. Don't ever put your money on Auburn. Now, look, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't do that yeah. versus Northwestern. I simply did not do that. Okay, but you know, I could have used that advice earlier in the year, but to each their own. But anyway, I'm happy to be with you, Chris, and obviously. Lots to get to in the SEC. Let me tell you what I hit on. I hit on, I knew Florida with all the guys they had out. I took Oklahoma right. in the points. I won there. I had a feeling Northwestern was just going to beat Auburn with missing the pieces that they have. I won there. I took Ole Miss straight up on Indiana, and I Ooh. won there. The one that I lost, and, and this is terrible, I'm married to a woman who went to Kentucky. I took uh, NC State over Kentucky, and I lost that one. But all the other ones I won, so I, I did pretty well over the bowl the bull week with uh, all the sec teams but uh. yeah that's crazy and and this is what's fascinating about it is and and this is just something that i want sec fans to understand you know with the early signing period being where it is now and the fact that most of your players sign early you know what's funny about december 16th 18th chris that just happens to be the absolute busiest time for a college football team. So that, that's just something that's so fascinating because you got assistant coaches looking to try and get other jobs elsewhere. You got head coaches thinking whether or not they're going to be fired while they recruit kids who think they're going to play for that coach who may or may not be fired, all the while getting ready for your bowl game. So this actually is this first week, like kind of around the national championship season. 
This just always happens to be the most chaotic week of the year. <laughs> well, let's jump into it, Carter, because uh, there's a lot going on. Um, obviously, Alabama preparing for Ohio State on Monday night in the national championship. Your reaction to Steve Sarkeesian leaving Alabama for the Texas job? Yeah, this is from, let's just say this, from an Alabama perspective, this isn't anything new. Nick Saban is used to preparing while coaches get ready for another job. I mean, look, we've seen his offensive coordinator leave, and in fact, this is his second Broyles Award-winning offensive coordinator that's going to be bolting right after the national championship game. Of course, that was a few years ago, that was Mike Loxley. So it's fascinating that there's that aspect of it because, obviously, this is a different job. Steve Sarkeesian going to Texas, and that's taken up a lot of his attention. So as far as that is concerned, I don't think Alabama fans should be too worried uh, about Steve Sarkeesian's mind being off the game. As far as Sark taking the, this job, yeah, who doesn't want Texas? That's a top-10 job. It's just everybody else, Gordy, has failed at that job. Charlie Strong, a defensive guy, disciplinarian. Tom Herman, a brilliant offensive mind. I'm going to be very fascinated to see how Sark's personality fits in Austin. It will be interesting and, uh, you know, interesting to see as he builds his staff who he brings along with him. But I'm with you. Yeah, I think Sark will be focused on this game and, and Alabama won't have any issues. Uh, thoughts on Devontae Smith winning the Heisman? I mean, I called it weeks ago. I said he's the clear-cut best player in, in college football. Thankfully enough, writers and voters all saw, saw the same eyes as us. I was a little shocked that Trevor Lawrence finished second. I thought Mac Jones would finish second, but uh, at least deserve it for Devontae Smith to win the Heisman. I'm not so shocked that Trevor actually finished second, even though I don't even think he should have been a finalist. Uh, you know, I, I just think college football voters didn't want to vote one, two, the players on the same team. Now, let's be honest. If Justin Fields had played a full season, he would have been a finalist again. If the Big 12, if Spencer Rattler would have just won one of those opening games, he probably would have been a finalist. So we didn't have the normal Ohio State quarterback and Oklahoma quarterback there at the end. So yeah, Devonta Smith was the best player. What's fascinating is after just the first few weeks of the season, Jalen Waddell was a guy we were talking about being a Heisman finalist. Of course, that injury happened. And, you know, after the first two weeks, Gordy, I would have given the award to Kyle Pitts, but then he had his own injury issues to deal with. So, yeah, I think Devonta, uh, from his perspective, a little bit of luck because no Oklahoma QB and, and no Justin Fields, but a well-deserved award. And I'm so happy the voters decided to give it to a wide receiver. I would have been furious if Mac Jones would have won the award over the best player in the country. Carter, let's talk about the the LSU side of things. I know they just made uh, two very big hires on their side with uh, uh, replacing their offense coordinator Steve Ensminger and looking for a new passing game coordinator. And they bring two, in two guys that were highly recommended by Joe Brady, who was obviously the guy that they struck gold with in 2019 that revitalized LSU's offense and turned Joe Burrow into a Heisman uh, candidate or Heisman winner. What do you make of the hiring of offensive coordinator Jake Peets and his passing game coordinator DJ Mangus? Oh, yes, we get to the bread and butter, Chris Gordy. <laughs> this is my 
this is how I feed my family of my girlfriend and my 13-year-old dog. But no, I'm kidding. So obviously, you know, my LSU YouTube channel, Power Hour LSU, I've been so blessed to meet all these LSU fans. But this is what's fascinating about LSU. You know, Normally we think about Alabama as the big SEC brand. My number one viewer is from the Ukraine. I did not know that there was SEC football fans <laughs> in the Ukraine. And he told me that there are like other SEC football fans of different teams. But LSU, think about the Bayou compared to the Ukraine. But anyway, not here nor there. So that's the beauty of it. There's You have SEC fans listening from around the world. And guess what? A lot of the people that aren't in Louisiana, that are fans of LSU, you know what they say? They're like, okay. Why not? Let's go for it. Let's go with Jake Peets. Let's go with DJ Mangus. Because Scott Linehan was the opposite of that. Scott Linehan, last year the passing game coordinator for LSU, is a guy who actually made hundreds of stops in the NFL. Obviously, most notably, most recently with the Dallas Cowboys, Scott Linehan wasn't the answer. And then Steve Ensminger, the LSU legend, decides to move on. So they're going with young blood. The big thing, if you're just an SEC fan, that you have to know about these two, obviously they're ties to Joe Brady. This is why Ed Orgeron's going with these two. They want to try and bring back the Joe Brady offense. The only problem, Chris Gordy, is neither one of these two have been a coordinator at the Power 5 level or the NFL level. Both of these guys were under Joe Brady with the Carolina Panthers, I think that they could be successful. I really do. But there is that huge gap from going to being under someone to actually being the guys. So that's going to be what's fascinating at LSU. Yeah, it's it's just it's an interesting hire. It's not you know one that um, you know guys that they took from say the college ranks. You go and get them uh, from the NFL. Right. But uh, again, you know it, it, Joe Brady struck gold for them once, so we'll see if that uh, if that struck gold for them again. What do you make of Auburn hiring Brian Harson? Uh, it was a little bit of a move out of left field. I don't think a lot of us expected that to happen. And do you think it's the right move for Auburn? I do. You know, at first, I, I was actually doing a, a radio show in a different part of the country. I was filling in for someone, and that Auburn coaching search was actually the most fascinating search because as much fun as I've made of Auburn on your show, Gordy, I actually think Gus Malzahn was a really good coach there. Look, how many guys could head coach at Auburn and beat Saban multiple times? That's really hard to do, but that is something Gus Malzahn was able to accomplish. And now that we know what Mac Jones is now, that win last year looks all the more impressive. And obviously Gus overall got them to a national championship game. How many coaches could get Auburn to the national championship game? So obviously Brian Harson, like Gus Malzahn stopped at Arkansas state was at Boise state. I think he'll be fine. Obviously, this defensive coordinator search is going to be interesting because Kevin Steele was so good there. So I hope it works out. Auburn's athletic director, I, I've met him once before, Alan Green. This is his first huge football hire at the Power 5 level. I hope it works out for him. But I'm not so sure how much better you can get than Gus Malzahn with the success that he had there. And remember this, Chris, this is the biggest myth about judging SEC coaches. Their schedules are not 
the same. For instance, Gus Malzahn at Auburn every year has to play Georgia in the cross-division rival, where Jimbo Fisher every year at Texas A&M got to play South Carolina. So that's why Texas A&M's record is better than Auburn. Now, of course, that was different this year with the 10-game schedule, but overall, that factored into Gus's very difficult schedule every year, and I don't know how much better Brian Harson's going to do than that. Yeah, it's a great point. And just looking at what uh, Auburn is scheduled to get next year in the East, they are at South Carolina, home for Georgia. So if the if everything oh. gets back to normal, that's at least the you know at least they're not getting Georgia and Florida. That would be uh, that would be pretty brutal. But at South Carolina in Shane Beamer's first year, we'll see uh, what happens there. More with Carter Bryant right after this. Hey guys, whenever you're looking for a part for your car, it could be something small, could be something minute, could be something as simple as a turning signal or a headlight or just something easy that you can replace on your own. A lot of times you have to go to Google and you're looking for the auto parts store. You got to drive halfway across town. You don't know if they have your size. I don't know. Is this the right make or model? I don't know. Might I recommend our friends at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com makes it so easy to use, so easy to navigate their website and find the part that you need. They'll send it straight to your doorstep, really easy. Doesn't get any easier than that. It'll be at your doorstep within a day or two, and you can replace the part on your own. Rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. Their catalog is unique, very easy to navigate, and best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us section so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Rolling along here, talking all things SEC with our buddy Carter Bryant. Want to remind you guys about all the different conference shows we have on the Locked On Podcast Network. Especially if you're an SEC fan. We got Locked On Vols, we got Locked On Auburn, Locked On LSU, Locked On Razorbacks. Just about every team in the SEC covered. And if we're missing a school, well, we won't be missing them for long. Pretty soon we'll have all 14 schools covered for you so check them out on the locked on podcast network wherever you get your podcast itunes spotify find us just about anywhere out there all the different uh, sec podcasts and uh for that matter we got nfl mlb nba locked on has got you covered for just about every team in the country if you're a sports fan so it's great stuff all right continue our conversation with carter the power bryant and uh what do you make carter of all the and i, I love what i've seen the last couple of weeks of a lot of draft eligible guys announcing they are coming back. I know the big one that just happened. Uh, JT Daniels obviously announced he's coming back for Georgia. I think that's going to make them, you know, one of the preseason favorites for next year. Obviously, probably to win the East with all Florida's loss. But man, seeing what LSU is bringing back, seeing what Arkansas is bringing back when Grant Morgan, an all SEC player, you know, leading tackler in the country at one point, is coming back to school. I love it. I think it's going to make the SEC so much more fun next year. Yeah, and, and Georgia loses Aziz Ojolari. That's a key loss for them. But, I mean, they always have pass rushers there. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would consider Georgia probably the number one team in the country leading into next year, knowing what we could theoretically see leave Alabama. Now, obviously, that machine just keeps churning, but getting JT Daniels back, getting that six foot seven tight end Washington back, getting Pickens back, who's probably the best wide receiver in college football coming back next year. So, yeah, it's good. You know, we, we saw it with, with LSU. I mean, LSU was terrible this year. Number one reason why is because, well, they lost all these guys, and a lot of their good guys who did come back opted out, and that was a big issue. So the more players that come back, the better college football actually will be. And I'm glad you mentioned Arkansas. They were an experienced team this year. They're going to be even more experienced next year. So it is really good for college football to have guys coming back. Last thing, Carter. I know this is you always. We always got to go negative. We got to find something to be negative about. Right. Going into next year, who in the SEC in your mind is now on the hot seat? I think I start with Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee. Obviously, you know there was still some thought a week ago that he could be, you know, still let go. But it sounds like they're going to stick with him. I think he's on the hot seat. We'll see Coach O and his new hires. Obviously, LSU turned it around, you know, one two straight to finish the season at five and five. But who are some of the names in the SEC you think go into next year, possibly on the hot seat? Yeah, that's that's pretty difficult because a lot of the guys that were on the hot seat, like blazing hot seat, were actually fired. So Gus Malzahn fired, Mason fired, Muschamp fired. So Jeremy Pruitt is easily number one on that list. You know something that they won't fire him, but Dan Mullen. Okay, I, I know people are going to go crazy. They're going to throw their phone across listening to the SEC podcast are going to be like, what is he saying? Dad Mullen deserves to be fired? No, that, that's uh, one thing I would like to see from Florida, that team needs to button up. I mean, obviously the Marco Wilson throwing of the shoe, but goodness Gordy, they, they would just be sloppy. You know, the Texas A&M game, all the mental mistakes that they made, and obviously you can make a case Dan Mullen's the most talented offensive coach in, in the conference, but that's something that you can easily fix, the stupid mental mistakes, like throwing the shoe, like personal foul penalties. So just being more focused partially is what costs Florida a chance to go to the playoff. If you button up, beat Texas A&M, if you button yourself up and you beat LSU, two teams you should have beaten, guess what? You're probably in the playoffs. So that's not so much hot seat because obviously Jeremy Pruitt is the number one name on that list, but that's something that Florida desperately needs to fix because that can cost you national championships, and we see it. Alabama never makes those mistakes. They never do. I'll say this. I thought with how bad the defense was for Florida down the stretch and especially exacerbating the bowl game against Oklahoma, I thought, all right, that's it for Todd Grantham. And, you know, so far we have not heard anything about him being gone and even read – I read one report that said Todd Grantham's not going anywhere. They're just going to make some other changes, change the safeties coach, change the DBs coach. And it reminds me a little bit of Les Miles a few years ago when he hitched his wagon to Cam Cameron at LSU and he said, nope, we're not changing a thing on the offense and look what happened. Les gets fired. If Dan Mullen keeps Todd Grantham 
and the defense is god awful next year and they get off to you know they they have a, a terrible season next year say they go whatever i don't know 6 and 6 or whatever like i could see dan mullen going down because of the hard headedness sticking with todd grantham right. that what has florida's defense ever been that bad in recent years yeah and you know that's the thing uh, a lot of coaches will keep a defensive coach around that's actually not that great so they could say if things go down, they, they could just point and be like, well, it's Todd Grantham. He's a problem. So it kind of provides a safety net for yourself. And here's the thing. They should keep Dan Mullen there as long as possible. We saw what he did at Mississippi State. That's one of the best coaching jobs we've ever seen in the SEC. But still, I mean, there's just it, – it, it's, and I don't mind players playing with swagger. I don't mind playing – players that play with a little bit of an edge and a personal foul penalty every now and then. But you got to play smarter. I mean, you just do. And Dan Mullen's got a good staff. I like Brian Johnson a lot. But, I mean, overall, they just have to play smarter, more buttoned-up football because in a four-team playoff, the margins are so thin. And last one, uh, just throw out there, uh, as far as hot seat, how about Mike Leach? It was not a great start to year one, and look, you get a year of growing pains and you know developing your system. But if they go, you know, four wins, five wins next year, I think Mississippi State starts looking at it going, maybe this isn't a culture fit, or you know, maybe this isn't the right fit, quote unquote, with Mike Leach and Starkville. We'll see. I I hope it works. I like Mike Leach. I think he's a, a you know funny personality, and the air raid is fun. You know, will be fun to see once he gets it going, but. Uh, that's one that I'd keep an eye on. If it doesn't work in year two, maybe he's one that could be uh, on the way out. He is Carter, the power of Bryant. Carter, let our listeners know where they can find your stuff. That's it, baby. Power Hour LSU. Just type that in on YouTube, and you can hang out with my Ukrainian friends, my friends from all over the place. <laughs> you know what's fun? You know what's funny? It's I, I have a lot of LSU listeners in the state of South Carolina. And I was like, well, really? I, I wouldn't expect that. But, yeah, power, our LSU is the place to go. And I believe Mike Leach should throw, like, just a one, two, three thousand dollars check to Bo Pelini for making him look so good in that first game. <laughs> yeah, that might have saved him in year one. Who knows? Carter, thanks for the time, man. Yeah, no problem. Awesome, Carter, the power, Brian. Always appreciate talking all things SEC with him. He is a guy who he, he covers uh, LSU on his uh, on his uh, Power Hour YouTube videos, but he's a guy who grew up in Arkansas, so he's uh, connected to the Razorbacks a lot and uh, worked at D.C. for a while. I mean, he's covered SEC football. I see him every year at SEC Media Days. He's been doing it a long time, so I always appreciate his uh, input and uh, feedback on talking all things SEC. He really knows his stuff. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC. Appreciate you guys for listening. Tomorrow on the show, I teased it earlier in the week. We're finally going to get to it. I'm going to give an early look at the quarterback spots, or at least the tiers of quarterbacks heading into 2021 in the SEC. We have the elites. We have the potential elites. And we have the ones that ee, I don't know about. Jared Garantano is gone. At least that's at least that's solved. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Locked on SEC.